0: Hi everybody and welcome once more to Mosaic. If you're new, my name is Morgan Stevens. I'm the lead pastor here. As you can see, we're in the middle of a series called The Story of the Bible. We've been taking a look at the big picture of the Bible, moving through week by week at the different plot points telling the big story. Because sometimes when you don't know the big story, it's easy to sort of dismiss or forget or get rid of some of the Bible stories altogether. And we don't we don't want to do that. So we're taking a look at the big picture at the story of the Bible, giving each week a, a plot point, a seed. C- Word and to talk through where we are today. We're gonna, I mean, It's my privilege to introduce someone to you. You're going to be receiving the Word of God from today, and her name is Dr. Rosalind Smith. Uh, happy to be able to Hear from her. If you don't know her, you're about to meet her. She's a a person of many talents and and many uh, abilities. Uh, She received her her undergraduate and her MA from Texas Tech University. It was a big night for you guys last night. There's a few tech fans in here, yeah. Uh, She received her PhD in bioengineering from the University of Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Also works in patent law. Uh, Also helps run a foundation in Ohio that uh, ministers and and helps at-risk kids succeed in life. Does a, a ton of stuff. So, again, person of many talents and abilities. Uh, she and her husband, Brad, who is Brad Smith, is a, a deacon here. Uh, they've been members here for a number of years. They have two children, Alex and Bria. They faithfully serve as a community group leader uh, in M-Kids with many, many, many of your children and mine for many years here, and we're really honored to have them as a part of our, our local church. They love Jesus. Uh, they love this church. They love you, and so would you please stand with me, and would you give a, please give a warm welcome and remain standing for our scripture reading to welcome Dr. Rosalind Smith. <laughs>
1: Our scripture reader today comes from the book of Luke. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw that he... What had happened, he glorified God, saying, "Certainly, this was a righteous man." and the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. he was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the whole body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid, Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Amen.
2: Amen. Hey, y'all, thank you for coming. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. Can I just jump in? All right. Jesus, thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for your power, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. I thank you, God, for a gift ripe message for each of your beloved sons and daughters from your mouth, God, to our ears, in Jesus' name. All right, here we are at the crucifixion. Jesus is on the cross. The word says he's hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour at this point, and the land was dark. The sun refused to shine. The The, there's word that's been sent that the curtain and the veil has been, the, or the veil in the temple has been torn in two from the top to the bottom, signifying there's no more separation between God and man because of what God has done or Jesus has done on the cross. The community of believers that followed Jesus, some have scattered. There's rumor that the, the men are in a locked room and some of a, some courageous women are still at the at the cross, waiting for the next step. And the next step is Joseph's going to ask Pilate for Jesus's body. Pilate releases the body. Joseph wraps him in linen and carries him to the tomb. The women follow to find out where Jesus is going to be laid. Now, somebody here is like, what's the C word already? The C word is cross. And today, if you'll just for a moment walk with me through Luke's account of what Jesus did at the cross." So we're with these women, they're at the tomb and they're, they're watching the burial of Jesus. They go home and according to law they rest on the Sabbath, good law-abiding Christian women Following the law of Jesus and the, 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 the law of the land, so they they go and they rest, and I imagine that for mary it 's not much rest because this is her baby she just put to rest and and perhaps she begins to think on what the angel said just about thirty four years ago when he said she would bear a child, she would call him Jesus, and he would be the one, the Messiah to save the people from their sins. and She doesn't know how this whole burial thing maybe fits into what the angel said that day, but it can't help but play in her mind. So they rest, they prepare their herbs um, when it was appropriate, and then they go the next morning, they rise up early, and they go to the tomb where Jesus was. But before they got up to go to the tomb, someone else got up. Jesus rose with all power in his hand. And if you will, I just imagine that they were, there were angels in the tomb. And as he rose up, they began to worship him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for doing, accomplishing what you came to do. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for, for what you did. Thank you for taking all of that for us. You know, Jesus, it was a nail biter because we were willing to move and wipe everybody out for you if you just blinked hard. But you did it, Jesus. Thank you. And as he dismissed the worshiping angels, he called maybe two or three over. And he was like, look, there are going to be some some courageous, kind of crazy women coming to the tomb this morning. (laughs) He said, they're going to be mad when they don't see my body. But this is how you calm them down. Tell them first to remember what I told them in Galilee. And then you'll tell them to go and meet me. With that, Jesus is off, the angels stay, and the women come. They come to the tomb where Jesus' body was, and they see that the the boulder, the rock, had been rolled away. Now, I'm going to warn y'all, this is the way I read the Bible, okay? You can judge me but then go home and read it and see how it comes alive to you, okay? All right, so I see Mary coming to this tomb. She's not looking for angels. She's not looking for people. She's looking for Jesus. She wants to honor her baby's body. She wants to to honor him with the herbs and, and see him one last time. And when she gets to the tomb, the tomb is empty. I just imagine that Mama Bear Mary came out. the the best way Luke can describe these women and and how they feel at this moment, he calls them greatly perplexed. And I don't know if you've ever been greatly perplexed, and our greatly perplexed could be different. Your greatly perplexed can be, oh no, where did Jesus go? (laughs) My greatly perplexed is, who stole Jesus' body? Where is Jesus? What have you done with my Lord? And I just imagine that Mama Bear Mary came out, and she was like, enough already with the madness. You beat him all night long. You whipped him up the hill. You hung him high. You stretched him wide. You pierced his side, and now you have stolen my, bo- my Jesus' body. What have you done with my Savior? And as she finishes, perhaps the angel says, why would you look for the living among the dead? Y'all, this is a very important statement. But if you're in your feelings, it could be kind of brought off as condescending. What do you mean, why am I looking for the living? I'm looking for Jesus. Where is Jesus? That's what I asked you. <laughs> the angel, remember, has calmed them down and then talked to him. He goes, he goes, oh, I remember Jesus. Uh, Jesus told me to tell you because that diffuses any situation. (laughs) So he says, remember what he said in Galilee. And the women are like, she know about Galilee. He goes, you know that the the son of man would be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He would be crucified, but on the third day he'd rise again. (laughs) He did say that what else you know? <laughs> he said, and he said, go and meet him. Oh, you should have led with that, Mr. Angel. <laughs> they bow low. God bless you. And they're on their way to find Jesus. Ah, on their way. They, they go to the, the men the, in their community of believers. And the men are still in this locked room. And they, they knock on the door. This is what I imagine. And the men open the door and they say, yes. And the women are so excited. They're kind of like me. I think it's one of my aunties. And they're like, Jesus is not dead. He is alive. The tomb is empty. And the men say, that's tall tales to me. They shut the door. Y'all, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's been a Christian for a long time now, about 30 something, 34 years, let's call it. She was a Christian ever since the angel came and she said yes to Jesus coming through her. So she's she's dealt with this before. She's dealt with people rejecting her and not believing her her message before. So she's like, that's fine. But Mary Magdalene, she's a new Christian, two, three years max, and she can't understand why. These Christian folk would reject her message. We, we find her soon alone by herself. And I, I just believe she was alone by herself because she became got in her feelings. She was like, I, I can't believe this. This is the best news I've heard all week. My Savior is not dead. He's alive and they won't even listen to me. You see, she loved Jesus. He had delivered her from seven demons she loved him because he knew everything about her and he still loved her intensely god so she became upset perhaps and 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 frustrated because if you lose sight of someone that, that you love dearly, that means so much to you, your whole world feels like it's imploding. You, you became, the pain of not seeing them, the pain of missing them becomes so intense that you, you, you just can't hold on anymore. It becomes too so heavy for you. And here's the best example I can give of, of this type of feeling. My husband and I, Brad, we we lived in New Jersey for a while, and. We had Alex there. He's my son. And Alex was about two years old at the time. Well, we were new parents, which means we had everything figured out. And we knew that we could take our two-year-old to the mall and he would stay with us because he was a good kid. So we take him to the mall. We're looking for an outfit for me. And... I thought Alex was with Brad, Brad thought Alex was with me. When we meet up, he's not with either one of us. Real good parents, right? And so I began to, to my, my knees got weak, my stomach began to turn. I, I, I could not fathom life without my baby, I, I, the, the one I love the most. And I knew he loved me the most. And I could not bear the thought of, of not seeing him again. And so Brad runs to the nearest exit. He checks the parking deck for anybody that's escaped with him, and then he blocks the entrance, the exit, so that nobody can leave until we found our boy. And so I began to call out for Alex, 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 where are you? I'm calling security. Security, find Alex. Passersby,rs have you seen Alex? Alex. And as I call out for him, he appears before me. And in his sweet little, and I, I drop down, I hold him tight, and I, buddy, where, where were you? In his sweet little two-year-old voice, he goes, Mommy, I was looking for your styles. <laughs> See, Alex was looking for an outfit for me. He was, in his absence, he was doing something for me. And I just imagine, that Mary, the angel just told her, if you go there, you, you, you can meet Jesus. And so she goes and she's like, I gotta find my Lord. He's, he's the one that loves me most. He believes me when I have good information. He, he loves me just the way I am. And so she begins to call out for him. Jesus, Jesus, maybe it wasn't audible. Maybe it was just in her heart, but she cried out for the one that she loved the most. And when she calls out for him, he appears to her. He says, Mary, why are you crying? Don't you know I was doing something for you? Ah, yes, Jesus, because when Jesus shows up, he doesn't just show up to say hi. He shows up to affirm you. He shows up to remind you of who you are, whose you are. He reminds you, he reminds you of your identity in him. And so he began to remind her. Perhaps it's not written, y'all, but this is the way I think. Perhaps he reminded her of what he was doing in his absence. Ah, Mary, listen, while I was at the cross, I was making a way that you never have to feel separated from me again. Mary, while I was at the cross, I, I was removing your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. Mary, I was doing something for you thank you, Jesus. And and, and her her response to what Jesus said and her response to Jesus showing up in her situation was to cling to him. He says, not now, Mary. I, I don't want you to cling to me. I don't want you to keep me to yourself. I got something else for you. I need you to respond to how you feel about what I did on the cross. I need you to respond to my love by going and telling the others who I am. And so with that, he empowers her to go and preach the gospel to the unbelievers. Go and preach the gospel to the believers. Go and preach the gospel, Mary. That's how you can repay my love. And so with that, she goes. And if she's anything like me, when, when my sweet baby boy came to me, I began to scream out to Brad, 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 he's over here. You can unbarricade the door, baby. <laughs> because when Jesus shows up, We we respond by thanking him. We respond by going out and telling others about him. Now, some Bible scholar in the room is going, um, Mary and Jesus' person, that that encounter was not in Luke. My bad, you're right. I read all the accounts. (laughs) And so, judge me. But we'll, we'll get back to Luke's story right now there are two men on the road to Emmaus. Jesus makes another stop that day, and he visits these two men. It's a a road between Jerusalem and Emmaus. They were on their way home. They were taking a walk home. Uh, It was a seven-mile trek, and so as the two men walked, they talked, and as they talked, a third party joined them, and the third party said, so what are y'all talking about? One's name was Cleopas, and Cleopas maybe chimes in, and he says, ah, oh, you must be new to town, man. It's a lot been going on. You see, they were disciples of Jesus, and they, they knew that he was the Messiah. And they tell this, the third party, man, it's been a lot going on this week. You see, the Messiah, we, who we thought was the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, he was crucified, and I, I, we just can't believe it happened the way it did. We can't believe how they, they beat him. We can't believe how they whipped him. We can't believe they would do a Messiah like this. We just knew he was the one. And so uh-huh, Jesus continues listening to, listening to them, and they're like, you know, they, he, he was up at the cross, and he was almost disfigured. We almost couldn't even tell who he was, and Jesus is continuing to listen, and and they say, you know, the crazy thing is this morning, some women that were in his company came to us, came calling out, talking about the tomb was empty and it's just crazy because jesus told us before he was crucified that he would get up on the third day but then he's not even in the tomb so we don't know what's going on and jesus is like enough already do you even hear yourselves talking it's foolishness you said i was not at the tomb but you are slow to believe that i resurrected so jesus says listen Cleopas, everything that happened these last few days, it happened just the way it was supposed to happen. Let me help you, he says. Uh, he begins to give them a grow class, y'all, on the road to Emmaus. Maybe that's a good grow class, on the, on the road to Emmaus. He begins to tell them where they could find Jesus. In the Hebrew scripture, he says, you remember the law of Moses? You you remember the the prophets? Let me help you. Let me remind you, he says. And so he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Y'all, I could do a backflip off this stage because this really highlights my day. The fact that Jesus would take the time to explain to two men where they could find him in the scripture. And so if you'll indulge me for a moment, my guess is that he started right around what we call Genesis. And he began to to tell them where they could find him in Genesis. And I'm guessing he used something about this scripture where God is in the Garden, and he's talking to the serpent, and he's telling him, Now look, because of what you've done to my kids, to my tricking Adam and Eve, because of what you've done, I've got something for you, Satan. You see, I will put enmity between you and the woman. That's what I'm gonna do. And 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 I'll put it between your seed and her seed. He said, I, I shall bruise he shall, the Jesus, he's referring to Jesus, he shall bruise your head and, and you'll bruise his heel. And so as Jesus is talking to Cleopas and his friend, he says, you see, Cleopas, me at the cross beaten and disfigured, that was him bruising my heel. But Cleopas, do you see me now? This is me bruising his head. And so I don't imagine had he stopped there. Uh, Luke said he, he went through all of them, but I won't go through all of them. Somebody was like, not all of them. I won't go through all of them, but if you just allow me another one. Numbers in the law of Moses. I, I believe he went to Numbers, and he began to talk to him about how, how when the, the, the Israelites were in the wilderness, and God had delivered them. He just kept delivering them out of more and more madness, and they, they would cry out to God, can you deliver us again? And He delivered them again, but then they began to talk Be discouraged. Talk against God. Talk against Moses. They fell back in their own sins. And what happens when we keep falling back into our sins with no repentance? Well, God has to judge the sin. So he judged the sin. He sent fiery serpents to judge the people's sin. Ah, and they began to, when they were bitten by the snakes, they would die. And so they came to Moses and they said, Moses, Moses, will you intercede for us again? Will you ask Jesus to stop them from biting us? Can you ask him to stop him, stop them from killing us? And Jesus, God said, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it, Moses, since you're interceding for the people, I'll do it. But this time they got to do something in faith. Moses, make a pole, wrap a bronze serpent around it. When you hold up the pole and they look at the pole in faith that I'll heal them, then I'll heal them. They can live. Moses says, all right, God, I'll do it. So in faith, Moses makes the pole. He holds it up. He says, tells them what to do. And they were healed. Jesus tells Cleopas, you see, Cleopas, that was foreshadowing for me at the cross. He says, and now. Anyone, anyone—you see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the permanent fix for the judgment. Anyone who looks at me at the cross and believes in my death, burial, and resurrection, Cleopas, now they can have life eternal with me. Ah, oh, that's a good word, Jesus. I don't believe that Jesus left them in the law of Moses. I believe he he gave them some prophets too. I believe he he probably stopped by Isaiah. And they say, Cleopas, you remember this scripture. You remember what Isaiah said. He is despised and rejected by men. That was me at the cross, Isaiah being despised and rejected by men. Ah, men of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isaiah is prophesying who the Messiah would be, what his character would be, what he would go through. And, and Jesus is telling me, see, Cleopas, that's me that Isaiah's that he's describing. I'm me at the cross is fulfillment of what Isaiah said Cleopas see now me being bruised that was for your iniquities me at the cross being being uh uh, whipped wounded that was for your transgressions oh Isaiah you see me as I hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour suffering bleeding that was payment for your peace Cleopas and by my stripes, by the whips that I took from my back, Cleopas, look, if you look close, you can still see him a little bit. By those whips, Cleopas, you're healed. You're welcome, Cleopas. <laughs> Perhaps he went to one more, one more prophet. We'll pick Ezekiel because this is a good one too. Ezekiel, you remember what, what God had uh, Ezekiel pen? Cleopas, you remember when when Ezekiel said, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary right in the midst of them, in the middle of them. He says, see, Cleopas, that was me at the cross. My blood spilling out was payment for that covenant thank you, Jesus, and he said, you, you, you see, I was making a waste so that you'll never have to walk another mile on this road and not know who you're walking with, so as they approached the village, y'all, Cleopas and his friends response to all the information that Jesus had told them. They responded by saying, Jesus, will you stay with us? Will you commune with us? Because when you find out what Jesus has done at the cross for you. You ask him to stay. You ask him to have a relationship with you. You ask him to commune with you. And so, what they did, they, they, Jesus said, Yes, I'll stay. When you ask him to stay, he'll stay. So, he, they stayed and they had dinner together. And the, the word says, As they broke the bread, Jesus passed it to them and then opened their eyes to the power that was before them. When you ask Jesus to stay, when you ask him to have a relationship with you, he opens your eyes to the power that you have access to. Jesus made a few more stops before he ascended into heaven. But if you'll go with me to one more, one more stop. And this one was to visit some old friends and he stopped in their room that was locked And he he went into the room because they weren't ready to come out yet. So he shows up, and they're surprised. They're kind of taken aback. Jesus, he's like, it's okay. Have peace. It's not a disguise. This is who I am. It's real. Touch my hands. Touch my feet. You can put your your hand in the hole. It's okay. I'm here. And and they're they're, they're still kind of wondering, oh, is he going to be mad? I mean, we left him. He goes, no, 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 no don't be mad, C- calm your hearts down. Everything that happened these last few days, it happened just the way it was supposed to happen. You see, I told you before I left, I told you before the crucifixion, what Ezekiel, what um, Zechariah said, he said that you, they would strike the shepherd and the sheep would scatter. He said, that's all that happened. They struck the shepherd and the sheep scattered. You're just fulfilling, you in this locked up room, you're fulfilling the prophecy. Thank you for listening. He goes, but now, now I need you to do something. I'm commissioning you to go out and tell the world who I am. But I'm not asking you to have your own courage because we see what happens when you have your own strength. He goes, so I want you to stay right here and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. (sighs) Yes, God. And so their response to what Jesus told them to do. Their response was to wait, receive the Holy Spirit. And then they went out and they told the nations. And because they responded by telling the nations, now we have firsthand account of the crucifixion. Now we have a way to, to witness to others. Now the nations are, firm, are learning who Jesus is. What will be your response? Will you, are you here today because you're like Mary and you're in search of a savior? The drugs won't do it, alcohol won't do it, people won't do it, jobs won't do it. You need a savior, the serv- savior. Will you respond like Mary? Will you say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll receive you. I'll receive what you did at the cross for me. I receive the price you paid. And I'll go out and I'll tell others about you. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for sacrificing. Will you respond like Mary? Will you respond like the men on the road to Emmaus? <laughs> I mean, you, perhaps you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You know Christ, you've been saved. Seven miles, seven days, seven weeks, seven years. You've been saved a long time. But have you invited him in? like, really invited him in to commune with you, to know you, to eat with you, to the inner spaces of your life, the ugly parts? Have you invited him into the ugly places of your home, of your life? Have you invited him in so that he can reveal the power of who he is? He's not asking you to clean it up. Invite him in. He will do the fixing. Will you respond like the man, the disciples, in that locked up room, they saw the miracles of God. They, they, they saw the multitudes be pre- preached to. They, they even collected the baskets of leftover miracle fish and loaves. They saw it all, but yet they didn't have the courage to come out of that locked up room. Perhaps that's you today, you've seen the miracles of God. You've seen the multitudes be preached to. You've seen, you've seen it happen, but yet it's just hard to say yes, because you don't know what people are going to say. You're not sure what they'll think about you. Maybe it'll cost you something. Maybe it'll cost you some friends. Maybe it'll cost you some money. But will you say yes to him? Will you respond with a resounding yes? Yes, God. I want to be in alignment with your will, with your way, with your promise, God. How will you respond today? Growing up, not too far from here, in East Austin, I went to a a little church, a primitive Baptist church, and they they would sing a song called At the Cross. And when we sung At the Cross, we would talk about the suffering at the cross, and we would talk about the joy that the suffering allowed us to now have. But very rarely did we get to verse 4. And verse 4 talks about our response to the suffering that, adds, that allows the fullness of joy. Verse four says, drops of grief can never repay the debt of love that I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. Are you willing to respond by giving yourself away today? Are you willing to respond to Jesus by saying yes, I'll give myself to you,
0: God. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say.